All right, everyone. Welcome to a Thursday edition of AFC North Talk. Today, we're going to be previewing week three around the AFC North. A couple of housekeeping notes before we get started. You can now find AFC North Talk wherever you find podcasts. So just search AFC North Talk, iTunes, Spotify. It's there. If you're listening to this podcast in podcast, if you're listening to this in podcast form, uh, we do this show live on YouTube Tuesdays and Thursdays, 5:45 Eastern Time. We're we're never late, so check us out there. Uh, thank you to everyone who subscribed to the YouTube channel over the last couple of days. We actually just hit a thousand subscribers, actually 1,100 right before we started. So thank you to everyone. We're uh, yeah, very excited to have you guys on board. Uh, before before we get started, let's update the standings in the AFC North really quick. The Bengals 0-2, the Browns 1-1, and the Ravens and Steelers tied atop the AFC North at 2-0. and The Ravens do have the tiebreaker at this point with that division win. It's only week two, though. Tiebreakers don't matter at this point. What does matter is that I'm joined by three of the best AFC North YouTubers around, starting with Sonny from SDG Sports, representing the Baltimore Ravens. Sonny, how are you? Oh, we might have lost I'm great, him. man. I'm great. Ready to take this stuff on Monday, though. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, Can you not hear me? You're good. You're back. Oh, we're also, oh, okay, we're also okay. joined by Chris. No, I was saying I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> we, got it. we got a little delay, I think. Uh, also joined by Quincy Carrier. You can find him by searching Quincy Carrier on YouTube, representing the Cleveland Browns. Quincy, how are you? You know, I'm doing my best right now, so that's great. <laughs> uh, Ace. From New Stripe City, who, when he's not interviewing superstars like AJ Green, he does join us here to represent the Cincinnati Bengals on AFC North Talk. Ace, happy to have you on. Hey, happy to be here, man. Appreciate it. All right, let's 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 start talking week three in the AFC North. Uh, these are, to me, this is barometer week in the AFC. I'm excited about these games. Four interesting matchups across the division. I think we're going to get a good look at where these teams are right now. And let's start with the Cincinnati Bengals. They take on the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday. We've been very excited about Joe Burrow early on in this season. Two solid performances from him. Ace, before the season, I don't think we were predicting the Eagles game to be Joe Burrow's first win. But judging right. by how the Eagles have looked so far, especially Carson Wentz and the struggles he's had, is there optimism that this could be Joe Burrow's first win? There's definitely optimism for sure. However, it seems like we're in a similar situation that we were in against Cleveland, right? This is a must-win game for Philadelphia as well, like especially with Carson Wentz having a rough start to the season, so many injuries going on there. And this was a team that a few years ago won a Super Bowl championship. And, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in Philly right now, especially with Carson Wentz struggling. There's whispers of Jalen Hurts already, and we're just in week two. So if Carson Wentz does not go out and ball against us, uh, which based off of what happened to us with Baker Mayfield and our defense, the performance that we touched on um, on Tuesday, I think that the sky could be falling in Philly. But I think that this is an opportunity that does present it for Joe Burrow to get his first win. I mean, you're talking about one of the worst rated offenses on PFF with the Eagles. That shocked me. I wasn't aware of that. That means that Sam Bradford and the Jets and even Daniel Jones and the Giants are better than the Eagles offense. Yeah. Uh, not only that, you also talk about the defense. Now, it may look like they were solid overall. However, the Rams completely decimated them last weekend. And if you know anything about the Bengals, you know that Zach Taylor runs a similar offense to fill, to what uh sorry to uh, what the Rams run. So yeah. that's going to be interesting. Uh, apparently, their defensive coordinator said that he tried to simplify everything this week, and we'll see what's going to be the issue there. But also, they're dealing with some injuries. You talk about Fletcher Cox, probably one of their best players. 
he's possibly out this game. Reading between the lines, seems like he's going to be out. That's going to be big for Fred Johnson, especially coming off of that last uh, performance that he had. And then you talk about Alshon Jeffrey, who surprisingly uh, did not practice a couple of days ago, but he returned to practice this week as limited. So that sounds like Alshon Jeffrey may be making his appearance. And there's a lot of weird stuff. I don't know if he requested a trade or didn't request a trade. Who knows? Yeah. And then Jalen Rager, one of my favorites from the draft, uh, the rookie receiver, he's out now six to eight weeks with a thumb injury. So this is a, a team that is very vulnerable, and the Bengals have to be uh, willing to take it to them and jump on them early. Like like I said, I think they have to go up at least two scores, force Carson Wentz into throwing some bad passes. He's playing the worst of his career. He's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. If I'm not mistaken, he might be the worst starting quarterback according to PFF right now. They have to take advantage of that. They have to take advantage of the defense. Joe Burrow, he has been uh, very good. However, when it comes to throwing that deep ball, as Tony hit on, he hasn't been good at it. And he's made it an issue this week in all of his press conferences to make sure that they get on the same page. AJ Green is another guy that has to get on the same page. So we're going to have to come out and really take it to these guys if we want to win. But it's going to be a tough one because Philadelphia cannot go 0-3 as well. So it's, it's going to be a tough one. Quincy, the Browns played the the Bengals last Thursday night. You most recently seen this team. You know, I know you've been you've been uh, hyping up Burrow the last couple of weeks. I mean, we all have because of the performances we've seen from him. Is this the, a chance for the Bengals to get their W? Uh, it has to be because what you look at their schedule after this. You got a Jacksonville team that's come out and surprised a lot of people. Had two weeks good weeks of football. You got Baltimore after that. You got Colts who might have the best defense in the NFL. Sorry Pittsburgh. And then you play the Browns again, who you already lost to the Titans, then the Steelers. And then you play Washington. That's a long stretch. That yeah. is a very long stretch here. You got two games that you could win. This is definitely the game that you should win if you're the Cincinnati Bengals. I think they've played better football in these first two weeks um, than Philadelphia. My worry about Cincinnati is that they're not healthy on their defensive line. And if you look at how you can bother Philadelphia, um, it's by attacking their offensive line. And two things have happened in week two. Uh, one, they got Lane Johnson back. Lane Johnson was not healthy when they lost to Washington. So he made a lot of a difference in that game. Well, not really that much of a difference. Carson Wentz still played like absolute turd. Uh, but, <laughs> but, you know, it, it, so the protection is going to be a little bit better. Carson Wentz. Ah, man, like I really believed in him coming out of college. I believed in him into the league, but he just seems like he's like you mistakenly. I think you called him uh, Sam Bradford, but that's really what he's been throughout his <laughs> yeah. career. He's Not a huge Sam mistake. Bradford. He's, <laughs> he's Sam Bradford with like legs. But like, oh, what I meant to say, sorry, I meant to say Sam Darnold. His Darnold. offense is performing worse than Sam Darnold in the Jets. <laughs> he's he's on that Sam Darnold he's on that Sam Bradford track right now always injured even when he's injured you know the team had his most success when he was injured so yeah it's it's kind of do or die for Carson Wentz but I think we're past that point already with Carson Wentz I think Philly fans are kind of just sick of it at this point um so I I don't know how Philadelphia is going to come out here you know, Cleveland had a lot to prove, but they were a kind of an unproven unit with the new coach. This is not an unproven unit. This is a unit that's proven it before and has decided to let it go in the last few years. So I don't know how they respond, but I don't think they're going to come out ready to go. And I think the Bengals, if Joe Burrow can connect on at least one or two deep balls, should be able to win this game comfortably. It's been so weird to watch the Eagles so far because we went from a Carson Wentz who the question about him was, can he stay healthy? 
now the question legitimately through two weeks is, are we sure this guy is good? I mean, he's been he's been bad, like you guys talked about. I think he had the second-worst QBR, one of the worst PFF grades from quarterbacks in the first couple weeks. Very strange because Doug Peterson, we know, is a very good offensive mind. I mean, this is a guy who coached Nick Foles to a Super Bowl win over the Patriots, I mean, over Tom Brady. Uh, this is a huge game for the Eagles. And I, I look, I'm in agreement with you guys. I think this legitimately could be Joe Burrow's be, uh, first win in the NFL, certainly his best chance. Um, this is a, a Joe Burrow who has been very efficient in the last couple weeks at that short pass game, like we talked about. Now he does need to get better when it comes to deep passes. You want, you want to see him get on the same page with guys like John Ross and AJ green down the field. If they start doing that, this can be a little bit more of a dangerous offense. I'm also interested to see how they work in Joe Mixon. Uh, I, I know Joe Mixon hasn't really been a big part of the game plan. And it was hard to do that on Thursday, I think because they got behind so early on in that game. Uh, but I, I look, it's going to be hard for me to pick the, the Bengals to win straight up. But I will say this, this is, I don't expect this to be a blowout by the Eagles. Even if the Eagles come to play in this game, I think the Bengals will give them every every shot, just like they did against the Chargers uh, and the Browns in the first couple weeks. Sonny, how about you? How do you see Bengals Eagles playing out? OK, first of all, is the audio sounds good. The audio is yeah. good. OK, good, good, good. I had to change my phone. Sorry. So I think this is a game the Bengals can win. And it will be in the trenches. And I feel like I say this like every week, literally, right? <laughs> but the Eagles O-line has been bad. Even when Lake Johnson, when he came, they're allowing a lot of pressures, right? So the Bengals have to come ready to just – Tony's favorite word, to pressure the quarterback. The reason is Wentz doesn't feel comfortable when he gets pressure, when he gets people inside, um, in front of him. He thinks – I, t- I have a couple Eagles um, friends of mine, and I tell them, like, my guy, Wentz, thinks that he's Big Ben. Not as good, though. So he holds to the ball. He thinks, I'm so big, nobody can tackle me, right? Big Ben used to do that when he was younger. That's why he's always hurt uh, in the case of Wentz. And that could be problematic. The Eagles offense, J.J., a guy that I like from Stanford, has not been good. He's been dropping every ball that he can get in his way. And Burrow, let's be honest, Burrow looks that he doesn't fear anybody, right? He the, the the stage is not too big for him. The Eagles lost to Haskins. Haskins is not as good as Burrow. And the Rams are better. You know, the Rams are a good team. I'm not going to say that the Rams are a trash team to lose, but they lost by, by a lot of points. Again, it's the big thing is, can the Bengals pressure the Eagles? Meaning, can they beat them in the trenches? And then the other side, the Eagles' D-line is good, but they're also hurt. So can they hold them, right? The O-line. If the O-line keeps Burrow clean, I think it's, it's easy though. Uh, Sonny, I like that take. Carson Wentz, not as good as Big Ben, and you're hyping up the pressures. I, I, well, I like this. When, when he was <laughs> – I'm talking about young Big Ben, not now young Big Ben. Carson Wentz, oh, we got his pressures. Pressures matter, and Carson Wentz, not as good as Big Ben. I appreciate that. He answer. throws interceptions. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as somebody gets near him, he starts getting happy feet. And then he throws it to the other team. Yeah, no, they're legitimate. They're the legitimate questions about Carson Wentz and his future right now. You know what he looks like? Carson Wentz looks like everything we thought Josh Allen was going to be coming out the draft. If you weren't a Josh mm-hmm. Allen believer, yeah, he looks it's like so far everything year, yeah. that you thought yeah. he was. Yeah, because nobody really expected Josh Allen to come out here and just be Cam Newton, which has worked um, very well for himself. Yeah. Uh, yep. But yeah, he, he's coming out here. He looks exact, and it's funny because he had the same coach as Carson Wentz coming out of college. Uh, I know uh, well, I forget his name. He's coaching North Dakota State, went to Wyoming. So very interesting how those two careers have kind of seemed like they did the old Space Jam flop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about uh, the Washington football team playing the Cleveland Browns this week. 
Uh, it's a barometer game for me, Quincy, because I, you know we talk about the kind of up and down nature of the roller coaster ride that is the Cleveland Browns. Which Browns team are you going to get from week to week? This to me feels like a game the Browns should be able to win, right? We, you know, we talked about this last week. But my question is, you know, with this Browns team, can they put it together in back to back games? Can they get back to back wins where they should? Yeah, see, that's going to be interesting to see here because if you look at this from a football standpoint, all you really have to do against Washington is block up that off, have a good offensive line, block up their front rush. You can take advantage of that secondary, especially on on the right side. Um, And then on defense, just put somebody on Terry McLaurin, and then you're fine because Dwayne Haskins is one of the worst, uh, as far as advanced metrics go, one of the worst quarterbacks in football right now. So. We'll see there. That's all they really have to do. It's not a difficult game plan. It's not, you know, something that they can't really achieve. It's not if they can run the ball. It's not if they can do these things. If It's if they come out and play consistently. Now, what I will say on a read from that thing is that Kevin Stefanski came from a game where he played terribly, where their team played terribly, and brought the team up, and they played well. And I like that he didn't really ride the wave of negativity the first week, and he didn't really ride the wave of positivity after the second week. Because we know in Cleveland that we get coaches, Hugh Jackson especially, he wins one game. He's, you know, dumping Gatorade. I legitimately watched the team go 1-15, and and they had a Gatorade bag in the locker room. <laughs> Celebrate like they won the Super Bowl. And anyways, nonetheless, I'm saying the coaches in Cleveland tend to ride the wave a lot, and that ends up to contributing to this up-and-down nature that the Cleveland Browns have, where they have games they really should win, but they're too high on themselves. It feels like that shouldn't be the case. I can't say that is going to be the case until I actually see it, but it does feel like it's going to be the case. There's really no football reason the Browns should lose this game. If they do, it's because of Cleveland shenanigans. And, man, I do not want to see a return of that. But Baker Mayfield should have a good game if he stays away from Landon Collins. And uh, they have a really good linebacker. I'm sorry I'm blanking on his name. Um, And if Chase Young can get blocked up, you have Jedrick Wills, who did a really good job against the Bengals' edge rush last week. Um, So hopefully he can do the same thing against Chase Young. And I expect the Browns to actually run it at Chase Young. I think he's going to be a little bit eager to kind of get those sacks, overrun some of his lanes. You're going to have some open holes um, if you just wait for Chase Young to kind of push past them. So I think the Browns are going to be able to take advantage of that there. Play action should be able to be a very good thing they could use against this team. Running the ball should be a thing that you could do against this team. Um, again, along the line of scrimmages, um, the Browns defensive line, one of the better ones in the de- off in the NFL, same as offensive line. And that's where you have the advantages against this team. One where you need it and the other one where you can take advantage of it with the defensive line against uh, Washington's Offensive line, which is missing pieces, and even when they weren't missing pieces, wasn't necessarily the greatest offensive line in football. So, yeah, interesting matchup here from a psychological standpoint for the Cleveland Browns. But as far as football goes on the field, they should win this game. Ace, what about you? How do you see uh, Washington Cleveland playing out? I think that this is pretty much for me, and I put it this on my parlay ticket as well. This is a Cleveland win. Uh, when you look at it from from that standpoint. As Quincy kind of noted, Dwayne Haskins' offense is really struggling. Terry McLaurin is essentially their only guy. I mean, when you, when it really comes down to it, you look at the offensive line, it's a mismatch. Um, Miles Garrett should have a field day, I would expect, um, against this this uh, this offense. And then I think the biggest thing in this game is going to be the Washington defense versus the Browns offense. A lot of people don't realize Washington has the number one defense right now on PFF. Um, and mostly, most of that is due to Chase Young, that defensive line. They're really strong there. However, as Quincy pointed out, they're kind of weak at the linebacker position a little bit. Uh, Bostic isn't too bad, but not a guy that's going to be a game changer. So that's for me, 
in this NFL, you have to score points. And if you can't score points, it doesn't matter if you have the number one defense, you're still going to take that L. And when I look at what the Browns did to us, I can, I'm not going to say that they're going to put up 35 on the Washington Redskins, but I don't think Dwayne Haskins can hang with Baker Mayfield and that Browns offense in terms of scoring, uh, especially with Kareem Hunt uh, and Nick Chubb. So for me, easy Browns win, easy win. Yeah, there's an easy button. I need to press it. Are they going to buy another (laughs) pair of Xboxes for you, Ace? (laughs) They may. They may. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with I'm with the Ace. I think I think like you know the the Browns have the talent here. This should be an easy win. It should be the kind of win where you if you get Chubb and Hunt going early, you work the play action off of it. You get a lead. This defense, you know, can then start teeing off on Haskins and and it's it's game set match. Yeah, really. Here, the only the only question is just the the week to week variance we get. With the Cleveland Browns, which Cleveland Browns team is going to show up? Is Baker going to throw dumb interceptions? Is this team going to put itself behind early and then have to, to work out of it? I'm going to go with the Cleveland win here. Sonny, how about you? What do you think? So I think this should be an easy dub for Cleveland. And I think there's two main things. One, dominate the line of scrimmage on the defensive end, meaning the Washington Redskins O-line is trash. It's pretty bad. The Washington uh, not Redskins, sorry. The Washington football team, it has a really good D-line. has a really good D-line. And the, the reality is, this is a test. I've been praising the Cleveland Browns O-line. This is their first major test. Um, I think the Washington football team's D-line is probably the best in the league right now. So saying that, that is a good barometer. If they contain that D-line, now you know your O-line is probably top three in the league. And the second thing is mistake-free. If you play a mistake-free game, so no turnovers, and you can generate pressure and sacks to Haskin, it's going to be an easy W. It's going to be by two scores. Yeah, yeah. That's what it feels. Certainly, certainly should be. We'll see what happens. Uh, and it's a home game. One thing yeah. I want to say is Brown's D-line playing a lot better than we, we initially ranked them when we did the before-the-season rankings. Larry Ongunjobi, second in the league, apparently, defensive interior lineman. Richardson, 17th. Miles Garrett, fourth, of course. And Claiborne, 15th of edges right now. That's, that's pretty hmm. impressive. The old, the old, you know, listen, you, you never doubt a player in his contract year, right? Nogan Joby going into the contract year. Never doubt a player in his contract year. All right, let's move on here. Let's talk. Let's talk about my Pittsburgh Steelers. They take on the Houston Texans on Sunday. Houston is an 0-2 football team right now, and so you feel like, boy, this, this Houston team is bad so far. But let's not forget, they lost to the two best teams in the NFL, depending on how you feel about the Seahawks, uh, the, you know, the Chiefs and Ravens right up there in the NFL. So Houston, while, yes, they need it, they need a win to save their season for sure, uh, it's not like these two losses are bad losses by any stretch. Um, the, the, the game plan for the Steelers is pretty simple. The formula, pretty simple here, right? It's the old movable object versus the unstoppable force. Deshaun Watson, the most pressured quarterback in the NFL right now, and the Steelers lead the league in pressuring quarterbacks. So you feel like Deshaun Watson is going to, yeah, he's going to, he's going to feel some pressure in this game. Uh, But like we talked about on Tuesday, right? I think the big thing we talked about on Tuesday was, hey, what happened there with Jeff Driscoll? What what was that with Jeff Driscoll? Not, not again, Driscoll didn't light up the Steelers defense, but he had far more success than I think people would have anticipated. A couple hundred yards, two touchdowns. Was that, as I said, maybe a sloppy game with too many penalties? Uh, or was this the sign of some sort of leak in that Steelers secondary, this, a secondary that has more holes than we had thought coming in? I think if those holes are – the reason why I say it's barometer week for this game is because if those holes were real, well, the Steelers are going to put just as much pressure as they did on Jeff Driscoll where they had seven sacks. They're going to put that much pressure on Deshaun Watson for sure. But Watson will certainly be far more slippery than Driscoll was, and he's going to be able to find those holes 
in the secondary. This is the best quarterback the Steelers have faced going all the way back to week six of last year when they played Lamar Jackson. Uh, so I'm interested to see that. You know, I'm interested to get that answer early. Are there problems in the secondary? Deshaun Watson will show them if they're real. Uh, we'll see that in this game, and certainly the, the Texans will have some success offensively. If not, I expect this this will be a team uh, or a game where you know they get Houston behind the chains, get some turnovers, and it's a Steelers win like we've seen. I'm expecting a Steelers win. I don't think a Tomlin coach team is going to come back and look as sloppy as they did last week, two weeks in a row. So I expect a cleaner Steelers performance in this one. I expect a win on Sunday. But Quincy, I know you 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 and I have differing opinions on this because you were saying that, uh, and you, I know you're predicting the Steelers are holding to your prediction of the Steelers being a six and ten football team right now. So I have to imagine. You're predicting a loss here, but also that that kind of leaks in the Steelers secondary. Watson certainly should be able to uh, to expose them. It's going to be interesting because, boy, the Texans have had the opposite of the Pittsburgh Steelers experience here. Pittsburgh yeah. got to start out against what? New York and Denver, a Denver team that didn't even have their starting quarterback. And their starting quarterback was like, hey, you know, to begin with, uh, Drew Locke. So, um the, them going from playing Lamar Jackson and and Patrick Mahomes, the last two MVPs, and then now going against Big Ben, that might make a difference. Uh, it, again, it's hard to judge how this Houston team looks because they they played against two of the better teams. But the one thing I was concerned about when I watched that game against Kansas City was that Kansas City's defense is not necessarily one of the better units in football, and they didn't really look good at all against Kansas City and it continued against Baltimore and I expected that against Baltimore Baltimore's a really good team they match up well against Houston um and when you look at this matchup with Pittsburgh there are things that they that match up very well TJ Watt is going to be probably in the backfield all day he's already the pressure king of the NFL he's going to He's going to get a pretty big margin on that. I imagine like six, seven pressures at least for T.J. Watt in this game. Um, But Deshaun Watson, he's going to be on him. Like every single win I think the Houston Texans are going to get this year, it's going to be on his shoulders to make something happen. Can he? Uh, I wish he had better tight ends. Darren Fells really, you know, doesn't excite me as somebody who's going to really do anything special. Like, no offense, a little bit more talented than Darren Fells and younger than Darren Fells. So the whole, the pressure, the attacking where they're weak, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't have much faith in this Texans team, and I don't really have much faith in this Steelers team. So I guess I got to just stick to the prediction and <laughs> Guess the Texans are gonna win, but you know if Pittsburgh goes three and zero here, I'm I'm probably gonna have to amend that prediction here because then they're probably gonna be better than six and ten. But as far as right now, I've seen nothing to make me change my mind on that. So I think the Texans will change, will um win this game. I think they desperately need this win. They needed a lot more than Pittsburgh. Um, so I think Houston's gonna come out here and just try to. Do something they haven't done with with Deshaun Watson and get the ball out of his hands and try to you know get the ball to Will Fuller and see where he can run around. You know, it's, yeah. Well, it's, I mean, if he can stay healthy, I mean that that assumes yeah. that he's going to play four quarters. You know, it's, yeah. just, it's a bigger ask. You know, it, if they had Deshaun, if they had a guy like a like a you know that DeAndre Hopkins guy in Arizona where you Man, get he the ball look, to him short, you know, you and get the ball out of your quarterback's hand, boy. You really have something in here. You really do, yeah. And, you know, defensively, they're really just missing an anchor on the other side, a big kind of piece yeah. to stuff the run a little bit, get them off the field on third down. Yeah. You know, like a DJ Reader in Cincinnati. It, it would be yeah. real nice if they had those two pieces. Uh, but, you know, hey, they're not fortunate enough to have those two guys under contract, you know, because I'm sure they wouldn't have let those two guys walk. Uh, Bill O'Brien, mm-hmm. one of the best GMs in the game, right? 
You'd, you'd rather have, yeah, you'd rather, you know, you'd rather have a running back uh, who's maybe a little past his prime in, in David Johnson. <laughs> and been injured twice for the whole yeah, yeah. yeah, David Johnson. <laughs> Sonny, how do you see uh, Houston-Pittsburgh playing out? So we just came from playing the Texans, and I think the big thing is, do you, I, I expect the Steelers to pressure and sack Watson. Now, the big thing with Watson is he's slippery, right? He's a guy that is hard to bring down. So if the Steelers don't finish the play, now he's going to extend the play. Now that's when the Texans can cause damage. So that's a big thing. The Steelers have to make sure that they can bring Watson down. If not, it's, it can get um, ugly for them. Second, be physical with the receivers. Uh, those receivers for the Texans are not physical at all. So you jam them, be, be physical with them. But also, if you don't, like I said, if you don't finish the sack, those receivers are, are speedy. So I don't think the corners for the Steelers can keep up with those uh, receivers over there. Um, take advantage that Watson holds the ball a lot, again, to, to bring him down. And on the other side, the offense needs to run the ball. This team is not good stopping the run, especially between the tackles. Run the ball, run the ball, control T.O.P. And if you control time of possession and bring Watson down, I also think the Steelers could win by at least two, two touchdowns. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I should have talked about the running back situation because, you know, Benny Snell fumbled last week, which is probably going to mean he won't get as many reps. I mean, it, Connor was always going to get the reps, although Connor had a pretty bad game last week. I mean, he only he had 14 carries for 34 yards before breaking off a 60-yarder to pad his stats. Uh, so I'm, I'm interested to see. Maybe we'll see a little Anthony McFarland in this game, the rookie the Steelers took. Might see him a little bit. I'll be interested hey, Are you going Are you going to start Benny Snell? Is he, you you, you got to start no, Benny Snell? No, no, I'm, I'm definitely week? not. Definitely not starting Benny Snell this week at all. I uh, but Benny Snell for Jeff Wilson Jr. So this is not a good goodness. week. Okay. All right. Not, not a good one. <laughs> I think I think though with this game, when you look at it, uh it's hard to have confidence in Houston, right? Because you know, you talk about JJ Watt, and in my opinion, he's he's been a guy that was the defensive player of the year. Obviously, he's just coming off of a game where he had two sacks, but he still hasn't been that guy that we expect him to be when you talk about the Aaron Donalds and guys just completely wrecking games. And now being that they they've given away guys like DJ reader, uh, they depend on him. And another guy that they actually paid instead of DJ reader was Whitney merciless. And he's been complete garbage this year. And that defense just is very suspect. I mean, when Vernon Hargraves is one of your starting cornerbacks, that's a problem. And I think that Pittsburgh is going to take advantage of that. Uh, obviously, they have some pretty good receivers there. Um, and then, like uh, like Sonny said, that run defense is horrible. So, I mean, you got two decent running backs in Benny Snell. This may be the week to start Benny Snell. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, Benny yeah. Snell may get on a roll depending on what happens. But the thing that makes me super uh, worried about Deshaun Watson is the fact that he's going against possibly – you know, one of the best teams in the league when it comes to getting pressure. And the offensive line, even though they have some pieces, they're by no means a great offensive line. And I think that that's going to be an X factor in the game. I also think that Brandon Cook showed a little bit of something last week. He showed that he's not completely dead, uh, but he's not going to be anything compared to what these Steelers have coming off the edge. And it pains me to even say that. I almost just threw up in my mouth right then and there that I'm giving the Steelers props. But honestly, it just seems like, this Texans team is going to be a team that can put up points, but they will not be able to stop anyone. And uh, unless Big Ben comes out and is more inconsistent like he was against the Broncos, then maybe they have a shot. But outside of that, I think that this one is a long shot. 
Yeah, I, th- I think there is some chance there for Brandon Cooks to maybe get some deep balls. Remember, Minkin didn't play well last week. Edmonds, you know, in coverage mm-hmm. is always, you know, he's always a little suspect. So, um, I, you know, you worry about maybe putting Nelson or Hayden in a one-on-one matchup against a guy like uh, Cooks and just getting beat deep. But, yeah, we'll see what happens on Sunday. Uh, all right, let's get to the marquee matchup of the week. It is not on Sunday. It is a Monday night football game, this game between the two best teams in the AFC right now, maybe the two best teams in the NFL as a whole. The Kansas City Chiefs take on the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, not really a barometer game. This is not really you know barometer week for, for three teams, not four, because we know where the Ravens are. They are one of the best teams. This is a game where I think, Sonny, this is going to really – this could decide the fate of the AFC. There's only one bye week this year with, with the seven playoff teams. The last seven Super Bowl champions had a bye week. Uh, so it's super important to get home field advantage this year. Uh, biggest game of the Ravens season, home field advantage could be decided, Sonny, in week three. Yeah, I mean, this is a big week. Uh, and we have played, or Lamar has played Kansas City twice. And it's, he has four career losses, if we don't include playoffs. And Kansas City is two of them. And the other one is Baker. Actually, three. I'm sorry, three career losses in the regular season. One is Baker, two is Kansas City. Look, Kansas City is a hell of a team. And they're good. Um, Mahomes is a great quarterback. The receivers are phenomenal. I know uh, Sammy Watkins is in coaching protocol. But still, that receiving core is still really good. Now they uh, added Tony's boy, Ezra's Hilaire, a guy that Tony wanted them to draft. I did not. And... And uh, and you know that that's I think that's what they needed because as I said before, Hunt when they had Hunt, that often was almost impossible to stop. And I think that's what Ceh brings to that offense. So for the Ravens, is a game that they circle early in the year because they're defending champion, meaning Kansas City, and it's a team that they haven't beaten. And if you lose against Kansas City, yes, you might call yourself the second best team, but you can't call yourself the best team until you beat the champion and until you beat the team that you haven't beaten, right? Uh, I think there's two marquee games for the Ravens. Unless something happens in the season, they, I know they, they want to see how they play. It's this one and the Titans because we ended up losing against the Titans. So those two games for the Ravens are very important. Look, I think this is going to be a tough game. And... I was going to say earlier, we played them twice, but it's been in Kansas City. So the the, the year that we played them in, in MNT, MNT is going to be empty. Right. So there's not really home core advantage here or home field advantage, um, which is sad. So I, I know my Ravens flock wanted to be there, wanted to be ready and pumped. So saying all that, I do think the Ravens will do just enough. I think the Ravens are going to play like, the, like, like almost as a game that they must win, even though it's not a must win by all measure. Either team loses, they're going to be fine. But I think the Ravens are coming eager to win, to, to just demonstrate to the league we're for real. And I think for them, it means more to win than for Kansas City. I think if Kansas City lo- loses, they're like, okay, we need to get better here and here. But the Ravens, I think it might they might take a little bit more personally if they lose to Kansas City. I think it's going to be a great game. And I actually think it's going to be a close game. I see it to be a field goal game, this one. Yeah. Ravens, by the way. Okay. Uh, Ace, how about you? How do you see Kansas City-Baltimore playing out? Sure. I think when we were watching the Kansas City Chiefs last week, it was very surprising to see them struggling with the Chargers. But then when you really uh, analyze that game, you realize they were prepping for Tyrod the entire week on defense, which they don't have an amazing defense, but okay. And then 
they had this game coming up. So to me, I think Kansas City was looking like, okay, Chargers pushover game. We're focused on Baltimore. Uh, but the reason why the Chargers were in that game was because of the defensive line. You talk about uh, Bosa coming off of the edge. You talk about Ingram coming off the edge. The Ravens don't have that. And when you don't have that and you can't get to Mahomes, it's going to be a tough ass to let Patrick Mahomes with wide receivers like Tyreek Hill, uh, tight end like Travis Kelsey, just sit back with no pressure and be able to pick you apart. They cannot let that happen. We have to depend on uh, that that Ravens defense to do something. That to me is somewhat of a tall order. I think that the receiving matchups are interesting, but if you're going to put in Sonny, correct me if I'm wrong. This is how it shows on pro football focus. They're showing Jimmy Smith on uh, Tyreek Hill. I hope that's not the case. I hope that it's Marlon Humphrey. It needs to be because that's going to be your marquee matchup there. But the other thing that scares me with the Ravens is the linebacker play with Travis Kelsey running through the middle. I think that that's going to be an issue. But what the Ravens have to do is that they have to score with these guys. Offensively, the Ravens have been better than the Chiefs so far, but we're only going off of a sample of two games, right? So Mm -hmm. that's still not really concrete. So this will be a great game. I'm looking forward to this game. I think that this is going to be, like like, uh, Tony said, one of the biggest games that may decide the AFC this week. Um, And so I think both teams are going to come to play. I think with the Ravens having to travel, that may be a little bit of a disadvantage for them, even though they don't have to play to that crowd. Um, so I'm going to take the Chiefs here in a close one. I think that this one is probably, let's say, 36, 33, something like that. It's going to be a crazy game that's decided at the very end. I think that the Ravens are definitely here. I think that this will be one of the only losses that they have this year. Let me just say something real quick. I think the Ravens have been planning for – Kelsey and tight ends like Kelsey. I think what we will probably see there is Jimmy Smith actually sliding to uh, to get Kelsey, especially if the Ravens love to blitz the the you know the quarterback. So at those points, they have been having uh, Andrews and Jimmy Smith in practice, just one on one battling. So I think that's the plan. I think you're gonna see Hill with Humphrey and maybe Michael Harmon on Peters or Sammy Watkins plays with Peters. Um, and, and I think that's the matchup that you might see Ace. Sorry, the only, the only plan you can have for Travis Kelsey is to pray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, uh, nobody ever really covers Travis Kelsey. Like, there, there's a plan, I'm pretty sure, oh, yeah. every week. But you ever watch a Travis Kelsey highlight film? It's just pretty much him getting the ball right open and just running, and it's some <laughs> poor soul yeah. trying to grab him by the ankles. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, what they do in Kansas City, you can try to put a man on Travis Kelsey, but eventually he's going to pop open. Uh, that's going to be a problem for Baltimore, by the way. Travis Kelsey, he's a problem for everybody. He's going to be a special problem for Baltimore because I look at their secondary and I don't think they have a great solution for tight end. Um, and if you want to limit what Patrick Mahomes can do, it starts with Travis Kelsey and then it goes to, you know, Tyreek Hill and all the options there. I don't think Sammy Watkins is playing this week, so it's probably going to be a good, healthy dosage of Nico Harmon. Um, oh, I probably butchered his name. I'm sorry, dude. Um, oh, I did. Wow. But, yeah, so it's it's going to be interesting here. I lean towards giving this to the Chiefs for a couple reasons, though. Um, I necessarily – I just think the Chiefs are due for a big explosion. Um, they really came off to a slow start against 
Houston. They got going in the second half, and it, it looked like they weren't even thinking about the 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 Chargers the entire game they were playing them. Patrick Mahomes was in another universe during that game. So either something's up with Patrick Mahomes or they're just doing the old classic, you know, Big Ben, let me start bad two weeks, and then week three, everybody changed the narrative thing on Monday Night Football. So I'm kind of expecting that to happen here. Um, Baltimore just hasn't been looking as – this is under the relative knowledge that they are 2-0 and they are one of the better teams in the AFC. So I'm not saying they look bad necessarily. I'm just saying on the scale of one to Baltimore, they haven't looked as kind of as smooth and as functioning on that level that they were last year um, when they were really hot last season. Yeah, And I think also they've been letting Lamar Jackson get hit Way, 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 way too much. Way too much. Too many sacks. Um, even when he runs, he gets hit more often this year. So I think that's going to take a toll on this game. And with the Baltimore Ravens, my big question is, if Kansas City can stop the run with just your running backs and maybe you can have the outside with Lamar Jackson, um, is Marquise Brown going to be good enough to get open this week? It is, you know... Is Mark Andrews going to be able to kind of change? Are they going to rely on Mark Andrews to kind of change the game this week? I don't necessarily believe in Marquise Brown a lot. Um, I think Lamar is going to get hit a lot trying to get the ball to him. Um, So I actually think, and this is going against the grain, that I would actually go with Kansas City to win by at least 10 points. Hmm. Let me me say something here real quick. It was funny because, Q, you mentioned that the you can see the Ravens maybe don't have a big solution for Kelsey, right? But on the other hand, the, I don't see any solution for Marquise Brown and the speed. I don't see any solution for um Mandrews. Meaning, if they're really gonna key on the run, let's say they say Lamar, you throw. That means they're gonna stop the run and they're gonna try to play man to man and try to contain the passing. Similar, in my opinion, to what the Browns did. Who in that secondary, other than Tyrus Matthew, is there, right? Their corners are not great. Their linebacking core not great either. I don't see it. Now, the, the person that has me scared from this game and the defensive side of Kansas City is Chris Jones. Because, like, as you mentioned, the pressure has come, and the pressure is coming through the middle. That's where right. Chris Jones lives. So mm-hmm. that's my scare. But I just think you saying, oh, well, you know, what is the Ravens? I think the Ravens we have. A better solution. I'm not saying we're going to stop it. Uh, I guess Kelsey that the Kansas City Chiefs had against Andrews. Yeah, one, thing but- that I, one, one thing that I'll say, I'll just butt in here is real quick. Um, don't sleep on Snead, the rookie corner. He's He's been pretty solid for he them, according solid, to yeah. pro f- football uh, focus. So they do have at least one good corner back there with uh, Honey Badger. Did he yeah. play last year? I know he was good in the opener. I don't know if he did. He play last he year? He was drafted this year. He's a rookie this year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess he did play last week, too. And and the thing with Marquise Brown, do you really have to have a solution with Marquise Brown? Like, I'm I'm, I'm not, he's not at that point yet in my mind. Like, uh, he he had 40 yards against the Texans. Who did the Texans have really to shut down Marquise Brown at this point? Um, And then when it comes to Travis Kelsey, I mean, not Travis Kelsey, he's not Travis Kelsey, but he's close. Mark Andrews, yeah, he's going to be open. But yeah, he's gonna have a decent day here. But can Matthew keep him out the end zone? That's the big question there with him. Yeah. Um. And, and again, 
I'm not saying the Ravens looked bad on offense. Oh, for the no, last no, no, no. Yeah. But what I am saying that is that they we know what this Ravens offense looks like when they're clicking, when they're firing at their highest level, and we know what it looks like when they're not, and they're closer to not looking like that than they are here. And I'm just wondering against a team that can put up points with them like Kansas City, is that going to be something that might cause them to fall behind? Also, with Lamar Jackson getting hit more often, will that lead to a turnover? You know, because we know the turnovers are the thing that okay. really kill the Baltimore Ravens here. So, yeah, yeah I, I feel pretty good about it. But, you know, I, I'm probably wrong. Who knows? <laughs> I, I'm going to – yeah, I'm going to predict the Ravens win this game. Um, you know, it's it's an interesting matchup, though, because the Ravens have – you know, they're not a team that plays from behind, right? I mean, they're just not. And and, and Lamar just hasn't been good in those situations. I think that the largest lead Lamar came back from is only – he only did it one time. was a double-digit lead that the Bengals had. That was, I think, the first game that Lamar ever ever played. Everything other than that – you know, he's barely come back from even one score game. So, yeah, I mean, and, and, and you know, to be fair to Lamar, right, he doesn't play from behind very often because he's he's a great offensive player. That offense is fantastic. And they don't usually get behind. But they might get behind in this game. And they have gotten behind in the last two times. They played the Chiefs, and I think that's been a problem for them. I, I do think, though, for me right now, I think the Baltimore Ravens are a, a more complete team right yeah. now. I think they're just they're, – they're just they're, – they're more together than where, where the Chiefs are currently in their current inclination. I think the Chiefs are having – I think what's interesting about the Chiefs is that you imagine Clyde Edwards-Alaire and just plug and play him there. But I think the Chiefs are kind of going through some growing pains as far as how much Clyde Edwards-Alaire do we want to have in our offense? Do we want you know do we want to take the ball out of Mahomes' hands early on early downs and and let uh, Edwards-Alaire do what he did against the Texans or you know and, and I don't want to read too much into what the Chargers did to Mahomes because the Chargers always match up well with Mahomes. You look back at Mahomes' two games last year; he didn't have 200 yards in either game against the Chargers. So the Chargers, you know, it's a division matchup; they match up well against Mahomes. But I think right now, Lamar Jackson and that and that Ravens team is just a, a more um, complete team, or at least they're, they're more fully formed. The thing that pisses me off about this game, and I said this when we did our schedule preview, if I'm a Ravens or a Chiefs fan, I, I'm pissed off this game's week three. And this is another, I, I say this a lot, and it's not, a, it's not an original take. A lot of people say this. Roger Goodell is the worst commissioner in all of sports. The NFL is the uh -oh. worst run organization. It this, is. The, the idea, the idea that Chiefs Ravens is in week three of the 2020 NFL season is a travesty. This is a travesty. The NFL knew going in in April, COVID was already a thing. They knew very likely going to be no training camp, no preseason. Okay. We're going to have very limited everything. These are going to be teams where the, the, the beginning portions of the year are going to basically be preseason games for these teams. For them to put Chiefs Ravens, who everyone knew were going to be the best two teams. Yeah. Hot take. <laughs> for, for everyone knew that the Ravens and Chiefs were going to be the best two teams in the NFC. There was no debate about that throughout the entire offseason. So to put this game in week three with no fans, rather than scheduling it in week 14, 15, or 16, when these teams are going to be more fully formed, more of the teams that we're going to see in January, if these teams were to meet up again, it's a travesty for both teams. Okay, uh, you know, the, the Steelers and, and Patriots played two classic games in the, uh, two of the last three years because the NFL scheduled those games when? In week 14 and week 15. That was, of course, the Jesse James game a couple of years ago. And then they had the one afterwards uh, where the Steelers won late in that game. But those were games that were scheduled correctly. You schedule those games late in the year. I want to see these two teams when they're fully formed. The team you are in September is nothing close to who you are in November, December, and January. So it's a pity to me that the Ravens have to have – and, and you hit on it, Sonny – they have no fans. There might be fans at this game if it were held in November or December. There will be no fans. This is home field advantage that is nullified by the fact that the NFL schedule makers do not know what they're doing. Um, so I'll predict the Ravens to win this one, but I think it's a, I think it's a real travesty that this game was in week three. Uh, shame hey on guys. you, NFL. 
Re recap real quick. Everybody picks NC. Yep. Everybody pick Browns. Yep. Three and one Steelers. Quincy is a lone wolf, and two and two Ravens in Kansas City. <laughs> I think yeah, I think that's right. Look, I think you know Chiefs. Chiefs Baltimore, obviously the marquee matchup of the week. Something to definitely watch. By the way, that's a Monday night game, so make sure you guys tune in Monday night. Huge game, and we'll be back on Tuesday of next week, five forty-five, right here to recap it. Before we do though, Ace, let people know where they can find your work. Uh, you can find me here, obviously. So if you're here, definitely be sure to subscribe. And if we can get to two thousand subscribers that's gonna be the dante moncrief steelers jersey <laughs> that i will buy tony for him to wear so if yeah, you know we, anyone make sure that you make sure that they subscribe here but you can also catch me at new stripe city as well uh but of course you can find me here quincy how about you where can people find your work well one you can't find my work at all if you're not subscribed to this channel so if you're watching the live stream but you're not subscribed why why Explain that to me. Uh, but <laughs> anyways, um, yeah, you can find me on YouTube slash Quincy Carrier. You can also find me physically at Benny Snell's house if he decides he's going to go off this week after I release him on my fantasy team. So, Benny Snell, be trash like you were last week because I'm not about to deal with this. I'm not about to do this all year. I'll start Jeff Wilson because of Benny Snell. <laughs> I believe in you, Benny Snell. I believe in you. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's where you can find me both digitally and physically. And, um, and you can also find him looking for an Xbox pre-order because he was, ah, he was uh, Benny oh, this week when it came to that. Oh, I, <laughs> I fumbled it. I lost three yards. I was on Ace. He was looking like Fred Johnson going for that. Oh. Ace was trying to look out for me on Twitter. It was like, hey, all my Xbox people, you know, make sure you do your pre-order at 11 o'clock Eastern time. And I was so arrogant. I went to Ace's uh, Twitter. I was like, dog, here's the thing about being an Xbox fan. Because <laughs> you could just buy it because it ain't going to sell out. It sold out in one minute? Who are all these people? All the memes. Xbox who? And then y'all buying it? Ace, you sent the memes and you bought an Xbox. You bought two of them. Two of them. I got two of them. It's flip season. It's flip season. Oh. It's what they handed me, Quincy. Uh, I got my Xbox brochure wow. here. You know. Oh yeah, twelve teraflops, all that stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna get mine to like February, more than likely. So yeah, Ace. You know what? You can find me at Ace Boogie's house stealing his Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you can find me, Sunny. Sunny, how about you? Did you get your Xbox pre-order in, and then let people know where they can find your work as well? No, I, I did not get my Xbox. I'm a PS guy, and okay. I didn't even I didn't even try to pre-order my PlayStation. But anyway, you can find me at CG Sports everywhere: Facebook, IG, Twitter, <laughs> YouTube. I do halftime shows in IG for the Ravens, um, and also in this channel, guys. Hey, this channel is growing greatly. Uh, we appreciate all you guys tuning in live and the people that are watching the show. It's awesome. So thank you. Uh, let's make let's make it to two K so we can get the Moncrief jersey. I'm excited. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hashtag Moncrief two K. I feel like I feel like I've been scammed here. Why did Ace have that back? Why did he have the pre order packet available? Yeah, that is pre planned. It's digital. He printed that out on purpose and put a staple in it for today. He did not need to do this. Tony, Tony colluded with him. I know, I know, I know prior record, prior knowledge. I want every. Get, this is the play game. I want everybody's text chain. Yeah. I'll get you. I'll uh, reserve the play and charge kit for you. Oh, you got the play and charge kit? There you, you go. Twenty four ninety nine. I got you. 
The battery uh, dies, we keep going, man. It's, it's a fantastic deal. All right, I did get my Xbox pre-order in, by the way. So, uh, yeah, it took me till uh, took me till 11, 11.55, but I did get one in at Amazon. Appreciate that, Amazon. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Steeler Country. You can find me on Locked On Steelers. I do a weekly Tuesday hit on there, so check that out. Also, if you're a Steelers fan, it's, it's a great show anyway. Just subscribe there because Chris Carter does a great job hosting daily. And, of course, you can find me here, AFC North Talk. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Thank you all. For who have subscribed to the last couple of days, because again we hit a thousand this week, a big uh, a big moment for us. Uh, and also, we're on podcast form now, so if you prefer to listen to this as an audio podcast, make sure you search for AFC North Talk on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you find podcasts. We are there. Quincy, what you got? I'm looking up flights to Florida right now. Uh, <laughs> we can talk after after we go off the air. Oh, yeah. So before we go on air, air, though, it's pretty fifty bucks. So you yeah, know, man, listen, Southwest, no middle feet. It's a good deal. It's a good egg. Yeah, yeah. It's a good deal, man. Might have to steal me an Xbox. <laughs> Xbox secured with a ski mask on. No, but honestly, <laughs> the reason that I have this is because they actually passed it out at GameStop. So no, I I was not trying to be extra salty after losing to Pittsburgh and and printed out an Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> pre-order sheet with all the specs on it. <laughs> what are, you want to read me those specs after we go off the air? Eh? <laughs> all right. Thank you, everyone, for watching. And we'll be back on Tuesday to review everything that happened in the AFC North.